not much. So the first half of this podcast is going to turn into a Braves podcast as we're going to have the lovely Kelly Crow on. And we're going to talk all things Braves, Doyers, and LCS. And that's right, I said it. Even though I never wanted to say it before, the Dodgers don't deserve my respect. So you are the Doyers. 2017 in the World Series, bounce because y'all trash. 2018 in the World Series, bounce because y'all trash. Last year, y'all lost to the Nationals. You were the favorite. You clinched the NL West with three weeks to go in September. So, the Dodgers winning a couple games don't impress me. So, the doors are trash. I got the Braves in five. And we'll talk some postseason baseball. We'll also get talk a little bit of Whitey Ford as he died today at 91 years old. You know, that that's awful. And then at the end of it, we'll talk a little game five. As we'll, we will see Garrett Cole, who's never pitched on three days rest before, against Tyler Glass now, who's never pitched on two days rest before. Um... And it's exciting. It's cool. The Rays lineup is already out. Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, Randy Arozarena, Jimon Choi is cleanup. That's important. Yandy Diaz at 5, J- Joey Wendell at 6, Willie Adams at 7, Kevin Kiermaier at 8. That's also important. And Mike Zanino. So he lost his last, the Yankees lost the last two games against the Rays. That cause pitch. So that's big as well. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, um, this is big. Um, this lineup is, well, all smells at first. Um, batting first is huge. Um, I know, and the Yankees have to figure out to get Azarina and Choi out. <laughs> Especially Choi, because Choi is owned Garrett Cole. Cole has never pitched on two days rest. Sorry, three days rest. And... And Austin and I'm glass down that pitch on two days rest. What you're gonna see from the Rays is a combination of glass now and smell with them going to their big guns. That's what the Rays plan is. And so the Yankees is just whatever Cole can give you, they give you, and then you just piece the better piece together, and then you just hope for the best. I also and saw I, a couple thoughts, and this could be true as all. I've I've saw some people guess. Maybe Glass now only goes the first inning. So, I'm sure the Yankees are highly preparing for Blake Snell. Because I can't see how Blake Snell is not the first one out of the Rays' bullpen. But, if I'm the Rays, and if I'm starting Tyler Glass now, I can't have him pitch out there without him serving the full lineup one time around. He has to face all nine if he's pitching good, at least. Otherwise, there's no point of him starting. You would, would just be like reverse of what the Yankees did. So, the Rays might be trying to get a little too cute here. So, hopefully it backfires to them like it did to us. But, it, may, it makes you think, are the Rays desperate? Because this is, this is like pulling out an ace, man. So... It, it goes to show you how how much confidence do they really have in Blake Snell. Absolutely. And to piggyback your early thoughts about the Dodgers and Braves, uh, I am going to say that the Dodgers are going to win this series oh in seven. God. I think the Dodgers are the better team. Um, I understand your hatred of the Dodgers because they have not done anything, but this team is so good. So it's stacked. not that I have so hatred for the Dodgers. I don't hate the Dodgers. I will, I, the Dodgers I have been nothing to me, but it's, it's just the fact that the Braves are better. That's what it is. The Braves are better? Of course they're better. I don't know about that. I, 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 I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But, but we will table this. Okay, so, the Braves, the Braves are better. I don't know why you have so no, much faith in the Dodgers. They're, they're really not. They're not better. I mean, but I do. But the Braves are going to give a fight. I think the I think the Dodgers will win this in seven. I think the Dodgers are going to go back to World Series again. And I just I just think that because the team with Dustin May and Smith.
Ian Anderson and Mr. Wright say, hold my beer. The Braves have not lost a postseason game. They beat Trevor Bauer. Alright? And and yes, even even though the Marlins are the Marlins at the end of the day, they you know, they still made it here for a reason. So if anyone and also Acuna. I well, we also have to understand that the Cubs are kind of overrated, so there's that. Do- Dodgers may have Moogie Betts. But give me Ronald Acuna Jr. all day over me. Not really. The way Acuna has been playing, leadoff lead home run after leadoff home run, doing everything well. Betts, Betts hasn't played that great so far. He, he he hasn't done anything ultimately impressive. Just just those sheer disrespect, sir. How dare you? How dare you disrespect? Just, just like I'll still say. Spring over Judge. All right. We're not talking about same thing. Judge. It's same thing though. It's same thing. What What have you done for me? What have you done for me? Betts is batting three third sixty eight in the postseason. What's wrong with you? Okay. What What about the homer sits in our eyes? Why is Why is average the end all be all, buddy? history, it sucks. Now, I don't know what he's done of offensively, but the only thing I've seen so far from him is, is, is the good defense. You know, so, I mean, come on. They, they don't suck in the postseason for no reason. Sorry. Whatever you sorry. Lately. All I could say all I can say is that you are being so disrespectful to Los Angeles Dodgers. How dare you, sir? They re- they repeated in the worst way, bro. Come on, son. Stop you're it. Just, the just... Astros said y'all suck. The Red Sox said you suck. You're garbage. You're hot garbage. Well, regardless of whether they face the Astros, the Yankees, or the Rays, the Dodgers look like the team that's a juggernaut. They look like a team that could potentially win a championship. Alright, if, if it's if it's if it's Dodgers Astros, who are you picking? Dodgers Astros? Yeah. Probably Astros. If it's if it's Dodgers Yankees, who are you picking? Dodgers. Why? 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 I lo- I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm not going to be a homer. I, right. I just think that the Dodgers the only, are just... Uh, the only edge the Dodgers have is starting pitching. That's it. Yeah, which That's is it. big. And the post, which is, which is I don't know, what wins championships? <laughs> well, Clayton Kershaw is, let's say we call Peyton Manning postseason bum. Alright, Walker Bueller, he's not going past two starts. Um, Dustin May, I mean, he's he's a little bit better than Jordan Montgomery. So, I... A I, little bit. Dustin May I really, don't expect, really I don't expect anything otherworldly. <laughs> the only one that comes close to Garrett Cole is Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller is pretty damn good. And the Yankees yeah. last year in Dodger Stadium, the 
with the fans saying you suck, the Yankees lit him up like a hot tamale. How about that? I understand. And this is weird because normally you're, you're, you know, you're like, I'm the Yankee boy and you're not. And yeah, if it's Dodgers, Yankees, I've been the Dodgers. That's how much just the Dodgers suck when it matters most, man. If it's Dodgers, Rays, I'm probably picking the Rays. That's where you're wrong. That's the complete opposite now. The Dodgers should beat the Rays. But honestly, though, if if it's Dodgers, Astros, I'm picking the Astros to win this in six. Well, at least you're smart enough to get that one right. Listen, I'm being unbiased. And if it is Astros-Dodgers, and if people say that they're taking the Dodgers, your reason can't be anything to do with 2017. It can't. It can't. If that's your reason, you're not worth having a conversation with. I, I, I need the point to be realistically about this year. Alright? And, and, who cares if, who cares if they possibly use trash cans in 17? They won. They won the whole damn thing in 2017. The Astros didn't beat them. No, I mean, the Dodgers didn't beat them, alright? So, sometimes pe- people just gotta open their minds and stop stop, stop saying stupid things. Like, but, oh, oh, I, oh, listen. As much as people want me to be like, yo, Jay, why, why would you make the Astros against the Dodgers? You're about to be a Yankee fan. I'm like, I am a Yankee fan. I'm also smart. I'm also smart, and I pick with my head and not with my heart. Well, trust me. Would I love to see the Astros just pummel the? Why do I love all Astros get pummeled by the Dodgers? All right, yeah. all right. Let's do a quick position by position. Fresh Prince okay. over Hickey. Super, super easy. Give give me Voight over Muncy. Wait, wait, wait. Who over who? Voight, Voight over Muncy. At first. Okay. Alright. Fair. I It don't even matter who's at second. I'm taking DJ regardless. Next. That, that's not even that and, much. And, and the only one that even comes a little close ta- talent-wise is if Gavin Lux is on their roster, and, and I doubt he's going to be on their roster. Third, third base, defense, I'm taking Geo, but offensively, I'm taking Justin Turner. So, so then who do you want overall? Do you want the defense of Geo, or do you want the offense of Justin Turner? That's, that's, that's where it's hard to judge it. That's why I'm leaving it as a tie. Yeah, it's a tie. I, I can't make a decision either. So, so far, um, you got the Fresh Prince over Hagee, you got Boy over Muncie. So, it's basically 2-1. It's, it's, it's basically 2-1 right now, Yankees. All right. Um, no shortstop. 2-2. Two, two. whoever's at shortstop. Corey Seager. Corey Seager's over Glaber Torres. So, that, uh-huh. so that's 2-2. That, 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 two, that, two. <laughs> I had to think twice. Next. All right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who the Dodgers left fielder is. I'm, I'm truly not. So, the Dodgers left fielder? Yeah. Uh, Because I know center and right is Bellinger and Betts, but I don't know who their left fielder is. I, I don't know who the Dodgers left fielder is either. Look it up. So, gotcha. Alright, that's a.k.a. Kike Hernandez. I'm taking yeah. Gardner over Kike. Okay. Now, that's Cody and Bellinger, it's close. No, I mean Cody and Hicks. It's close, but the edge goes to Bellinger. Of course, it's close. Of course, it's close. What the? What do you mean? It's very close. What are you smoking? It's very close. Are you okay? Hicks's bat is very good with Cody's. Hicks is also switch hitter. Hicks is faster than Cody, and and and, and both their defense is very good. Who's the player you want? If If the base is loaded and it's two outs. Who would you want? Hicks. Is it Cody Hicks. or is it Hicks? Hicks. Hicks. Oh, Hicks. you're wrong. Hicks. You're wrong. I'm not you're wrong. wrong. You're wrong. I'm not. Oh, Cody yeah. disappears when the moment gets to play sometimes. 
Again, no. if you didn't want to jump no. me, I said it's close when I'm taking Cody. It's not even close. You're it wrong. is. It's it really is close. not close. Cody Bellinger is. is not is not that much better than Aaron Hicks. He's not. He is that much better. No, he's not. You, you, I, listen, I mean, that's what Jesse says. <laughs> His opinion does not matter for anything on this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, now the right fielder becomes interesting. No, it doesn't. You it's Mookie Betts. It's Mookie Betts. It's Mookie Betts today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the next 10 years, the next 20 years, when they're retired, when they're both in the Hall of Fame, when they're old, and when they're dead. It's Mookie Betts. It's Mookie Betts. I'm sorry. You're just, you're just a bad guy. It's George Spring over Judge. It's fucking Kiermaier over Judge. It's Bellinger over Judge. It's, it's. Bets over Judge. I'm sorry. What the fuck does Judge do? What does he do? He does. All right, but but without all of that, I'm still taking. I still say that the Dodgers would beat the Yankees in the is the second best outfielder in baseball. The only one that's better than Mr. Trout. Well, Trout's God. <laughs> that's that. Trout Trout's like so, God. What's wrong with you? Who are, who are you taking? You didn't answer. Judge or Betts? Right now? Say it. Say it. Say Who are you taking? Judge or Betts? Say it. You have to take Betts. There you go. It took you way too long to answer that question. Way too long to answer that question. I was question. trying to get to my overall point, but no. The overall point doesn't matter. It does matter. Because I'm still saying the Dodgers will win the World Series over the eight. That's the point. That's <laughs> like, not the point. Like, come on. That's not come the on. point. That's not it, the point. Because none of these starters, Walker is not going to complete. May is not going to complete. Kershaw is definitely not going to complete. So, which means we're going to get into the bullpen. And, and even collectively, no one in the bullpen is better than Chapman and Britton. And when Green is on... None, none of them are better than Green either. A word? This is like that? Let me ask you a question. Who outside of Garrett Cole scares you? Tanaka don't scare me. Tanaka's a 50-50. Um, he is, you know, you put your you put your 50 cents in the coin slot. You Remember the remember those things at, at supermarkets to to where they had the stuff inside, and and you had to put in the quarters to get a little thing, and there was either like a necklace in there or a sticker or something like that. Oh, I remember those. Those were fun. So that's what Tanaka is. You put your fifty cents in, but you don't know what you're gonna get, and 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 they always showed you what what what's majority in there, but they're random. So let's say this one has. Yankee stickers, but but you you see a couple of other team baseball stickers in there. So you put your fifty cents in, and it's coming down. It's coming down. You open the slot. You pick up the ball. You you open the cat, and you think it's gonna be a Yankee sticker, but no, it's a Red Sox sticker. That's what Masahiro Tanaka is. He's a gamble. He doesn't know what's going to happen. So that's why it's iffy. I'm I'm still taking every Dodger starter over him, except for May. But that that's problem Masahiro Tanaka, and that's something Yankee Twitter is not going to want to admit because just like Judge, they they love him way too much, and I don't understand why people are okay with just doing okay. Um, third thir- third starter, I'm. I mean. If Jordan Montgomery pitches like that, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Debbie is who knows. So, yes, again, but none of the Dodgers' pitches are going to complete game. Unless they're rolling. Unless they have, like, 14, 15 strikeouts, and it's close. Maybe. So, we're just going to assume that, you know, Clayton Kershaw is just not going to turn it off. He's going he's gonna to go back to what we all thought Aaron Kershaw. I don't think there has been one complete game this whole entire postseason. 
So it's just not gonna happen. No, most teams have most teams have a few good people in their bullpen. None of these pitchers are going to complete games. Unless the Yankees want to get no hit, I mean, if that happens, cool. But other than that, I I I I don't see it happening. Do you? No. So there you go. So why are you just <laughs> Jesus Christ? What are you talking about here? If if you if you can't see them if you can't see them having a complete game, why would you question my judgment? What I'm questioning is how you just gonna just think the Dodgers gonna choke all of a sudden? Does this team does this team look like a bunch of chokers right now? Whoa! How did I say it's choking? I'm just saying a complete game isn't happening. But now 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 we're gonna table this for. So obviously yesterday the Atlanta Braves beat the Miami Marlins three games to zero. Now they're five and zero in the postseason, going to the National League Championship Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And we are here with the lovely Kelly Kroll. Before we talk about that, um, Whitey Ford passed away today at the age of ninety-one years old. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh well, just you no. Know, I feel like this has been an incredibly challenging year for everybody and. Certainly on the sports end of things and on the baseball side of things, I think about all of the uh, difficulties and and I feel like we've lost so many greats this year as well. And and you know he's he's another one that falls in that category of just these um, incredible not only baseball players but minds, right? And and people and so other I I never never had the pleasure of crossing paths with him, but certainly plenty of those in the industry that I have crossed paths with who, who talked to him and got to know him had nothing but just incredible things to say about the man, and all I can say is, you know, my, my thoughts and prayers as are the rest of the baseball family with his family, and um, yeah, it's, it's just unfortunate. It's been a tough year, and, and it's, it's even more uh, hard to swallow losing another great yeah, Kelly, um, this is James, the other half of the sports dudes. I, I echo your sentiments about Whitey Ford. Um, he was a Yankee legend, a Yankee great, and his, he will be missed. Um, he touched a lot of legends, past, present, and he's just, he's the, like you said, another one of the greats that we've happened to lose. And this is a year that we happen to lose a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah, and... You're right. You're right. And and like I, I think about, for instance, um, you know, I spent six years before moving to Atlanta and Chicago, and like Billy Williams um, was around and present often in the dugout. Um, and it's just the stories you get to hear and listening to them talk about the game and what the game used to be and what it used to mean and how it used to be played and and then to that just it gives you such a better understanding as to the evolution of this game and where we are now and what they appreciate about the game now versus what they loved about it then I mean that's that's only history that we can get from from really listening to them, right? Because there's just so few. Um, you think about Whitey at 90, what was it, 1, 91? Yeah. There's just not many of them left that, that can talk about what it really was like when they were playing. And so um, I just, you know, I think we have to cherish cherish them and, and do all that we can to keep their memories and their um, experiences alive. In, in this day and age with baseball and, and the entertainment that continues to be for us. Alright, so the Braves did a lot of good things this past series against the Marlins, and they did very well against the big pitching in the Reds. So, what do you expect to see from the Braves and Dodgers? Well, one heck of a series, one heck of an entertaining series, right? You basically have the two best offenses in the National League going head-to-head. You know these guys are going to find ways to score. Um, and then you just you have to wonder what the pitching is going to look like side-by-side. Um, side. I mean, obviously the Zoolers and the Kershaws, the Braves have seen great arms this year, and they have found ways to get after them, whether it was Garrett Cole, whether it was Max Scherzer, 
Um, they've been able to still pull off their firepower against the best that there are. So I'm, I'm just anxious to see what they can do on that side. And then really, it's going to be a huge test for Max Freed, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, and this kind of a series to see how they navigate that Dodgers lineup, which is spoken about much like the Braves lineup is, where it's deep, it's lengthy, there aren't many holes, it's hard to find, you know, the, the easy out, not that anyone's an easy out in, at this level, but, but where is it that you can, you know, kind of, uh, as a pitcher, take your breath? And neither lineup has that. So I just think it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, another thing I brought up, and I don't know that Braves fans always, well, I don't know that they want to hear it, but the truth is their team came back this year with a chip on their shoulder, right, with the way they exited a year ago. Uh, earlier than they should have. And then I bring up that if you think that team has a chip on their shoulder, how about being the Dodgers who've been in this position for three straight years and they haven't been able to get it done yeah. going on to the World Series. So they got a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of motivation as well. So I think you're going to have two very motivated teams that feel like they're rolling right now, clicking on all cylinders, and um, –
they're not available. And this team has to go out and keep playing the way they have been playing without those two guys, without those two arms. And it's kind of like, it's unfortunate, right? Because I would like to see them at full strength go up against this Dodger team. I really would. And just like I would have liked to have seen the Padres at full strength go up against that Dodger team. Because the second they lost Clevenger and the rest, you know, when those two guys, right. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's a shame, but it's also where you are, and um, I I know how good, you're right, that rotation looks for the Dodgers, um, but that's what, I guess that's, all I can say is that's what I want to see. I want to see the best pitchers against some of the best hitters, and on any given night, you guys, we know, aces are vulnerable, too. And yeah, look at Shane Beaver. No, Shane Beaver gonna, gonna win the... Oh, yeah. Cy Young going to win the MVP of pitchers. And look what happened. So, for all we know, Walker Bueller can go out there, give, give up a leadoff homer to Acuna, a hit to Albies, a two-run homer to Freeman, and, and you got the Dodgers worrying. So, that is very, very possible. But that, that also leads me to another question. I, I've, I think the Braves can't win if Acuna and Freeman go like... Go like four, four thirty, something like that. I think those these two players have to be almost perfect. What What would you say to that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they can get it done the way they did it in the last couple of games, where it's been the bottom of their lineup that's kind of given them a little bit of have given them enough, right? Yes, I, I totally agree. It has to be the guys they've ridden all season long. Freddie Freeman has to be you know, on his game, and Ozuna as well. And Travis Darno has been, like, uh, I mean, the unsung hero in a way. He's been sort amazing. Of the hidden gem of this year because no one expected the season he's having out of him. He's got to stay hot, I agree. And then they got to get contributions still from the bottom of that lineup to be Dan, able to too, got to do Dan's a little better. Yes, Dansby, yeah, absolutely. Um, the splits of this team with Dansby on the games they win and, and lose and how he contributes is, is, out, is astounding, honestly. It's, it's insane. Um, so he has to be, yep, you're right, he's another guy. Um, you brought up something, and I was trying to, I was trying to think, uh, I just lost my train of thought when it came to those guys. But um, I, I also think um, I've watched, okay, I know what it was. There was an interesting note I kind of came across the other day, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong here. Um, when I when I saw it, it's like the Dodgers will put up, you know, two runs here, a run here, two runs there. Like, they're consistently packing on, right? Versus yeah. the Braves are known to have that one big inning, like the five-run inning, the, the four-run inning, the seven-run inning in a 29-run game or something, right? And so they put up runs in bunches. And what's interesting to me about that is with the bullpen the Braves have, at what point can you shut down those, those pack-on innings and stop, stop the, for instance, you know, the Dodgers from scoring? I don't know. I don't know if that's something that will play into this, but it's, it's just an interesting nugget I ran across that I thought, huh, they have both been offensive, like, juggernauts, but they've done it in different ways. So now at this point in the season, which one, you know, which one gets it done now? That That's kind of interesting to me. I don't know if, it, if you guys find that intriguing, but I, I thought it was kind of cool. I find that very, I find that very interesting because just like, if you look at yesterday, right, the second inning, Sixto Sanchez gets bases loaded, but then he gets out of it against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You gotta score at least two runs because, cause then, cause then you look at that game. If Dodgers win five two, if you would have done something in that inning, you know what? You you take it to the bottom of the ninth. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think I think the Braves know that. I think they know they're stepping up in a level of competition, but. You know, if your situational hitting hasn't been great all year, despite having great offensive numbers, you can't change that at this point in time. Like that doesn't get to be a switch you flip, and all of a sudden, when a guy's on third, you're gonna you're gonna find a way to scratch him, you know, scratch that run and get it in and get that guy across the plate. You you can't. So I don't know if this team, you know, it, I'm anxious to see that. That's another thing I really am. When they get a when they get a runner on. Can they bring it home? 
Um, they've had moments of flashing, you know, the fact that they could, but then they've had plenty of moments where you're just sitting there going, ugh, they had everything in order, and then they just, you know, couldn't get it across, like what you saw yesterday with the bases loaded. They can't afford to do that against the Dodgers. Absolutely not. A team like that will totally take advantage and continue, you know, continue to put up zeros. One of the pleasant surprises for the Braves is the play of Travis Darnell. Good job, man. Good job, bro. Um, what are your thoughts of Travis Darnell's play in this postseason? I mean, unbelievable. He's been incredible because, I mean, one, he's managing a staff of basically three guys, three young guys who only one of the three had even had postseason experience. When you look at Max Breed coming out of the bullpen, he's the only guy. The other two, these were their playoff debuts. So that's the staff he's working with at the wild card level, the NLDS level. Now it's the NLCS. And so you got to, like, just tip your hat to the preparation he's put in and the numbers he's throwing down to have these guys feeling as confident as they have up to this point. And, you know, I, I, I hear you against the Dodgers. It's going to be another ball game, But we also know what confidence does for young pitchers because – Maybe, like, inexperience is bliss in this case, right? Like, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what the NLCS is all about necessarily going up against the Dodgers. And if they have confidence in what they're throwing right now, who knows what kind of game they can come out and have. And so that is a big part of what Travis Darnot has provided them in the sense of just being their battery made behind the plate. And then you look and turn around what he's doing at the plate offensively. No one could have expected that. I don't even know if he could have expected that. He uh, He's coming through big moments. He's coming through often. And he has been one of their most consistent hitters all year long and in big moments. So I, I just think he has been unbelievably valuable to this team in so many aspects. Um, assuming, assuming the Braves don't change the roster from their bullpen, I've... I I think you you need Shane Green, Mark Melanson, Darren O'Day, and Will Smith to be very very good every time they come out. What do you think? Well, of course. I mean, along with the rest of the guys. I mean, they're gonna need them all. Mastic's gotta be good. Minter's gotta be great. I mean, they don't have any room for error against the Dodgers. That's what I mean. That's what we know. Is the further you go along in the in the postseason. The, the smaller the window of error gets for you. And so those guys don't just have to be good. They have to be great. And they have been great all season long, so there's no reason to think they wouldn't be. Um, but they can't get too fine. They can't get in their own head about the pitchers they'll be facing because, of course, we're going to see more matchups down the stretch. And um, I, I just don't – I don't want that group to change anything. But the one thing, all those guys you mentioned and you think about it in the Darano days and everything else just can't think like prepared and ready for the moment because they really have no idea when they'll they'll be called upon and you're looking at guys who have closed predominantly in their career being asked to come in in like the fifth inning the sixth inning the seventh inning whatever it may be and they've all to this point really embraced that and they're a group that seems to all be pulling the rope the same way at the same time you know what I mean and and that's what you love hearing They, they enjoy getting to be around one another and um, they take a lot of pride in being one of the biggest strengths of this team and being one of the best bullpens this team's had in a long time. Assuming, and I know, I, I know this is kind of like jumping ahead, but let's just assume the Braves pull off this major upset. Well, how would the Braves stack up against these three teams, the Astros, the Yankees, and the Rays? Oh, boy. Let me think about that one. I kind of not let myself get too far ahead. You know what I mean, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. James, James, James just wants to be that guy. But let's think. The Rays, they've seen um, and stacked 
up pretty well against them. The Yankees, they saw, but not healthy. So I'm, you know, now that they've got a healthy squad, I mean, they're just so, so dangerous. And um, and then the Astros, I don't know, because truthfully, watching what they did to the A's, um, I, I couldn't really, honestly, I don't know how you guys feel, but I couldn't evaluate that series very well. But they have a lot of firepower in that lineup. Um, I couldn't tell what Granky was trying to get done yesterday. He just seemed like he was all over the place. Um, but they're all they're all three just really really good. I mean that's that's just the thing. Once you get to this point, if you're in the World Series, not only are you great, but you're also clicking on all cylinders. You're hot, so you're rolling, and and that's where. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they stack up against those guys, but the pitchers will have their hands full against any one of those three teams that you just mentioned. And that's, that's the biggest question mark for the Braves, is how will these three guys, and then whomever they throw out in game four, how will they be able to last against these great offenses that are all, at this point, the final, final four standing? Um, in 1995, even though these two didn't play, Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada was on the roster. And they thought it was really important for their development to be on that roster. So, how important is for the Braves that they have Ian Anderson and Christian Pache on this roster? Oh, yeah, it's immeasurable, the, the value uh, of what they're getting right now. Because, and I, I look at really this entire Braves team in that sense, you've got a bunch of 22, 23-year-old guys that have now gone to the playoffs one, two, three, four years in a row, and all of a sudden, this stage that is a big deal, I, I don't want to say it ever becomes old hat, because it's always going to, you know, you're always going to have the butterflies, and you're always going to understand that the stakes are different when you get to this point, but there's just something about when you get to the playoffs enough, you start to understand when things go bad or when they go wrong, here's how you handle it in that moment with the pressure, and so for a kid like Pache to be to be get out there and pinch running right now and understand that a tag up and getting to third or a tag up and getting to second could be the difference of scoring in that inning, which could be the difference of the run that wins the game for you. Like, I, I just don't know. There's really no measurement of the, of the value to that. It's, it's unbelievable, and and it provides um, teaching moments for the next year where Ian Anderson and Pache are are veterans this postseason at, at, at 22 and 3 years old. And that's very few and far between where teams can say they've been able to provide that kind of experience for young guys. I agree. And I think that I think those spirits are, are immeasurable for a team. Um, my, 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 here's another thing. Here's another question I have to ask regarding the Braves. I think the key for them to, for them to advance is so much live like you mentioned earlier about Dodgers having tack on runs and tack on runs. I think it's more so keeping like not letting the scores get out of hand. Like if you look at what happened in that Padres series, it seemed like the Dodgers just kept and even before against the Brewers, they just it feels like they were ne- like you never thought that even when they were trailing a game, you never thought that the game was like they were going to be in depth, like they were going to lose. But I think the Braves need to find a way to minimize the Dodgers' opportunities because this their lineup from top to bottom is so deadly. Your thoughts? Yep. You're right. You're right. I mean, there's not much more I can add to that. You're absolutely right. Um, they cannot let they can't, they have to minimize the damage in every inning and they have to, you know, I think, and that's what you look at when you look at two lineups that are as deep as both of these are. I hear it about the Braves all the time and it could easily be said about the Dodgers as well. You circle the guys, right, that can beat you and you're not going to let this guy beat you and you circle him, but then it's all the the guys that, that, that follow him, the six, seven, eight, that you can't relax and you can't let up and you can't let him be the one that start something and I don't know that the Braves again the three pitchers that they'll roll out there I don't know if they have seen anything quite like this and so it's going to be interesting to see what they can do the first time around how they'll navigate that and then you 
can only hope that Ian Anderson, even though, you know, don't get me wrong, lefty right A, I totally get. But what can he take away from watching how Max Freed attacks a guy the next day? Um, and maybe to their benefit, the Dodgers aren't going to know a whole lot about any of these three guys, right? I mean, maybe Max Freed a little bit. But Ian Anderson and Kyle Wright, I mean, they're, they're going to be kind of seeing them for the first time. Yeah, they'll have video on them and everything else, but... It's just different, right, when you actually get out there. So, again, I'm not saying that this, this isn't an unbalanced matchup at some point and that people on paper are going to think, you know, the Dodgers are just going to sweep and roll right through them. There are going to be people that say that. But I also think that it, sometimes the unknown can work to your advantage, right? And, and the Braves are going to try to make that happen because every advantage you can get at this point, you got to take. Um, we care for women in sports on this podcast. And we always try to talk high about that. So, tell us how you got to where you are today. Oh, boy. I don't know if you guys have time for this. <laughs> always, <laughs> always. It's taken me all over the place. And um, I, I'll, I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version really quick. Um, but I, you know, I went to the University of Missouri. And truthfully, uh, the funny story is I went there to play tennis. I was recruited to go, and that's what I went there for. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point with my career and my life. Um, I, I I knew I was a conversational person, a bubbly person, and I knew I loved sports because it had been so much of my life. Um, I grew up with a dad, uh, believe it or not, he was a professional uh, professional bowler, and um, we own the bowling alley, still do. And he was great at everything. I mean, he played basketball and tennis in college. And my dad, um, because I was the firstborn child, he wanted a boy naturally. Um, so I was going to be the girl that he put in sports, and that's just how it was going to be. And so athletics and, and being an athlete was always part of my life. So I knew I wanted to do something sports-related. Um, for a long time, I thought that was going to be more like um, management side of things, you know. Um, but then when I got to Mizzou and they – this counselor I had told me how great the journalism program was there. She goes, you know, would you be interested? And I thought, sure, man, I'll give it a shot. Why not? I have no idea what I want to do, so I might as well try it out. Um, little did I know how demanding that program was going to be. Um, but it set me up in um, a way that I, I, to this day, am just so grateful for the teachers, professors, the people along the way at Mizzou who kind of um, laid the foundation for something I became so passionate about. And my first job right out of college was actually back in the state of Indiana, which is where um, I grew up and am from. And it was in Lafayette, Indiana, so everybody knows the Boilermakers and Purdue University right there. Kind of started out covering them. And at the time, the basketball program was tremendous. Um, Carl Landry, David Speed, part of that team that went all the way, I think, to the the Elite Eight maybe that year, so there I am getting to cover um, a tremendous basketball team and cross paths with some great people in our industry that before I know it, I've, I've bounced to Oklahoma City. Uh, I spent four years there, two years in local sports and two years covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and those were the years of the Big Three before the Big Three existed. I had the, the Westbrook, Durant, and Harden where we went to the finals and played the Heat, so there I was covering a NBA oh, Finals wow. team, and I've just fortunate everywhere I've been when I was you know in local at Oklahoma City that's when uh Sam Bradford and Tim Tebow were playing in the national championship and so I'm covering a national championship there um down in Miami um and so after four years in Oklahoma City I hop over to San Diego because who doesn't want to go live in San Diego for a year if they can um and cover the Padres and then after one year with the Padres hop to Chicago because I kind of always wanted to get back to the Midwest, try to be a little closer to family. Um, and with my family three hours down the road, I, I was able to do that and covered the Cubs for six years, including the first World Series title in 108 years. And probably there was no pinnacle higher in my career than getting to be part of that parade and see what it meant to that city as far as like you and us as journalists, right? Like, when we get to cover a story of that magnitude, it just, uh, it's, it's what makes us tick. It's, it's our passion, and, and that was the most unbelievable event that I had ever covered. Um, 
And then after about six years in Chicago, I had had more than enough. The winters there <laughs> couldn't handle the weather anymore. Um, I started looking south, and um, my agent kind of ran this opportunity in Atlanta past me, and I had seen what the Braves were doing. I knew the squad that was coming up, and I also knew the people in charge of the organization, sort of what they stood for. And, I mean, I couldn't think of a better landing spot um, than to come down here and be where it's warm and where it's still 80 degrees when we're playing October baseball. Um, it's been an, an incredible Incredible journey, and so here I am now covering a team for the first year during a pandemic. Um, in LCS <laughs> for the first time in 19 years. So that's a that's the cliff note version of my of my uh, journey, and you can't imagine the people I've crossed along the ways. Um, I just it, it, I have been so blessed um, meeting you know people like you and the rest of us. You know that 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 really is what what drives us right and what um that's awesome. our soul are the people that we get to meet in this industry and how we all do it differently and everybody's path is so different and there is no i think the question i get most often from like college students is kind of like you know how do i get to where you are and i always kind of have to laugh because there is no formula to getting to the point that what you know where we are right. it, it, everybody's journey is so different and that's where I tell them you know your journey won't be anything like mine but that's okay because you need to like embrace every step along the way because I I will tell you that in the end is what you look back and you're most grateful for is just the memories along the way not where you are when you finish but everything you got to do along the way and the people you got to meet and the athletes and the stories that you get to hear we're, we're just really, really lucky and very blessed to do what we do for a living. That is an amazing story, man. That is awesome. <laughs> no, seriously, and I'm really glad that you're able to come on with us. So before we get you out of here, I'm going to ask you some quick rapid-fire questions to get you out of here. All Braves, and you're going to give me the quickest answers you got in about a minute. You ready? Oh, no, I hate these kind of games. I am awful at this, but yes, okay, I'm going to try my best. Let's go. All right, minute on the clock, go. The, the Atlanta Braves will beat the Dodgers if? If their starting pitching can go five innings. The, the X factor for the Atlanta Braves is? Dancy Swanson. The, what what will prevent the Braves from going to the World Series? Again, the pitching. The starting pitching. Let me clarify. Do if 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 Atlanta gets to the World Series, the Braves fans will feel what? Oh um over Overwhelming joy. Let's uh, two more. Uh, if the Yankees embrace playing the World Series rematch of 1999, how will Braves fans feel? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, well, they'll feel anxious. Um, but I feel like there's um another word that would fit so much better and I can't come up with it. See, this is where I'm really bad. I would be horrible at these game shows. Um, <laughs> horrible. I'm like, name that student person. You do not want me. Um, trivia, you do not want me. Um, what, is the, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, anyway, that, we'll, we'll go with anxious and the second you get to the next question, I'll remember the word I was looking for. So. Okay. <laughs> and this, this, one, this one should be kind of easy. The, the Atlanta Braves win their second World Series in franchise history will do what for the city of Atlanta? Oh, my gosh. I don't want to use the phrase set this place on fire, but it will bring so much jubilation to a city that has let itself become the fan base that thinks they are cursed. It will change the course of their mentality entirely if that team can bring back a title because this this city deserves it for so many reasons with all their other teams that is the one the that can bring home 
Yes, I won't go with other. I'll just leave it in other things. I will tell you this, Kelly, before we get you out of here. I know that Atlanta sports has been suffering. Um, they yeah. blow leagues. They blew a Super Bowl lead to the Patriots. They've suffered with the Georgia Bulldogs not getting it done against Alabama. The Atlanta Hawks is not a good team. They lost two hockey teams. Come on, James. Take it easy on the girls. Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to pick on the girl, Kelly. I'm just telling you the facts. You guys lost two hockey teams. So it didn't have to be me. I'm real glad you were the one to do that just now and list off all the reasons that they have to be pessimistic, and I want that to turn around. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because you guys know why. Because I was in a city that for 108 years had been waiting on a championship. Yeah. And then when I got to see what that meant to that city and the stories you hear about people going to great sites to celebrate with the grandpa who, who made them the fan that they were, like, I want to hear those stories again in Atlanta. I want to hear people tell me that, you know, it was their grandpa that made them a great fan, and now... They get to go and, and kind of start a whiskey at the grave site with Grandpa Smith or whoever it is. And then finally their team got it done. Like, those are the stories we live for. So I want Atlanta to have that. And I, I want them to have a reason to think positively about their sports teams down here. If, if, if the Braves do do it, do you think we'll see Hank, Hank Aaron there? That's why. That's why I asked. I was saying, without a doubt, in any other year, but with with what we're battling right now, from you know, with our country and the pandemic and 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 his health and his age, but I still, he will do everything possible to be there, and so would Bobby Cox, um, who you know, everyone knows his health has has been declining since the stroke, and but he's another man who. He he was such a great manager, Bobby Cox. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, and he's a. I mean, I think when people think of what the culture of the Braves is and what it stands for, he's the face that they visualize next to that. You know, so if there is a way, those two will absolutely be there. And God, I would love love to see it for them. But they have a lot of they have they have a lot of work to do in front of them, without a doubt. Well, Kelly, I gotta say before we get you out of here. First off, thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for, for continuing to grind and cover this team, even in a pandemic, in this weird <laughs> year. But thank you so much for giving us a few moments of your time. Um, hopefully, Atlanta gets the job done. And you would like an open invitation. And we hope you have on again soon so we can talk Braves and potentially whoever they face in the American League in the World Series. We hope to have you on again real soon. I'd love to do it, guys. I'd love to do it. This was a lot of fun. And, you know, after baseball, we'll just all have plenty of, you know, uh, career stories and pandemic covering sports stories for you that are super enjoyable as well. So we're going to have to make this happen again, okay? (laughs) Great. Take care, Kelly. You too, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, that that was a great, that was a great interview with Kelly. Thank you so much for taking time and coming on with us. Go Braves, even though my delusional co-host wants to be a mean person and bring up haunted Atlanta past. You know, it's like they didn't know. But no, James said, hold my beer. I am going to teach you something, kids. Sit down and this is the book. Title, Atlanta's Bad Times. Read by James Slusson. That's what he had to do. That's what he had to do. And I'm sorry. Um, But Game 5... The lineup is not out yet, so we're going to leave it with this because the whole part of this podcast was to be a total Brave-driven. Um, and let's hope the Yankees win tonight, and let's hope the Braves beat the Doyers. We don't need to see them win out here in these streets. We don't want that. We don't need that. And we need Acuna to get the NLCS MVP. We need Ian Anderson to strike out 27 Dodgers. We need, oh we need Mookie Betts to just have a horrible series. We need more happy videos from Miss Chelsea Freeman. Chelsea and her son Charlie are awesome. Alright? They 
we need to see Freddie play more baseball. So, we need four more wins. So, Freddie, you got to help with that. Hit a couple of homers. Go deep. Make make Dodgers fans cry. You know, maybe maybe if, maybe if they're obsessed with the Dodgers, I'm not sure. You know, obsessed. Um, you know, it's 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 not good to be obsessed over things. I I don't think that's very healthy. I'm I'm, I'm just saying. I'm not taking a shot at anybody. I'm I'm just saying. I don't think it's okay. To, I don't think it's okay to be obsessed. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I mean, it's just not cool to be obsessed. When you're obsessed, you got problems. That's well, all I'm going to say. Well, all we can say is end it, and we're going to end it here by good luck to the Atlanta Braves. Yankees are going to get the W, and we can have a rematch. We got Yankees, Astro, ALCS. We are at Dodgers, NLCS, and let's hope so. Yankees go out there and win. And hopefully they win it for Whitey Ford. God rest his soul. So we're out of here, guys. Let's go.